A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. So welcome down to effectively episode number 64, but yeah. it's a bonus episode. Thursday treat. Now you've seen on Tuesday we released a podcast with James Robinson that had a European tour card in 2016 and then basically quit golf after losing his card mm-hmm. and four year, uh, two years later somehow managed to qualify through regional qualifying, final qualifying and get into the Open Championship in 2018 at Carnoustie and he joins us today to tell the tales. I'm excited about this one James. Thanks for having me again. So we've just done the first one we dived into loads about your kind of upbringing into golf how you started when you were 12 and how you got down to scratch when you were 16 and how you you know you went through Lancashire, England, played with golfers like Danny Willett, Tommy Fleetwood, you then progressed into being a professional at 21, you went through Challenge Tour, you went through Q School, you got onto European Tour um, and then at the end of European Tour 2016, you went, boom, I'm done. No more golf. Well, yeah, it was, it was the season of 2017. I said, that's it. I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to play anymore. Um, and applied to do PGA. And that's that's when I started working in the shop at Clark's. So what's mad about this, and I touched about it very, very briefly in episode one, the whatever date it was now, the, I think it was something like the 19th of June... 2018 me and guy was sat having a bite to eat and a coffee or whatever in clark's golf center there you go sorry and um guy knows you from school i knew you from wherever golf, college college yep. and you sat with us and said i've got open qualifying tomorrow <laughs> and we were talking about well, i thought you'd quit golf i thought you i thought you would finish with golf talk us through why you even entered open qualifying I entered it because um, I live in Lytham. Fairhaven Golf Club is within a couple of miles of my house. And final stage was at St. Anne's Old Links, which again is in within half a mile of my house. The two courses are super close anyway, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, and I like both courses and I've done well around both courses. And I just thought, why not? It's, it's £150, just give it a go. But obviously, I packed in in 2017... So it was a good nine months of absolutely no golf. And when I say no golf, the only balls I hit were demonstrated in golf lessons. What the hell? Because obviously in the build-up to the end of 2017, we was just talked about in the first one, from basically the age of... Um, so it would have been 2020, you'd have started golf. At 2000, the year 2000, you'd have started golf. Yep. So from the year 2000 to the year 2017, yep. 17 years, you'd played hundreds and hundreds and hit tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of golf shots. Definitely. From the end of 2017 to June 2018, nine months or whatever it may be, you played no golf and hardly hit any golf shots. No golf, That's honestly. crazy. It's crazy. So when you went to regional qualifying at Fairhaven, like what were your expectations? What did you ever think was going to happen? 
Um, well, I actually remember playing practice round, and I played the practice round, and I was hitting driver absolutely sideways. So I was just trying to. It was really, really firm at the time. It was really hot summer. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I do. But it was burnt out the course, running like crazy, and I tried to hit driver in the practice round. Not successful at all. So I, I just bat- battered it round with a, a, a hybrid and a three iron, basically, um, in the practice round. And then I finished the practice round and I played pretty bad. So I actually went on the range and actually just hit 50 just to try and find something. And then I actually went to watch the football at the pub with my wife and a couple of friends. So having a few drinks, thinking open qualifying tomorrow. But it was really, really relaxed. There was no pressure, no expectations. Um, I remember a lot of people were saying, how are you going to do? I was like probably really bad because I've not played any golf for nine months but we'll see and um, teed off and I remember hitting driver off the first and carted it right it's a tough <laughs> opening hole as well it's, it's a weird one because it's a dead straight par five but it's littered with bunkers and you know what I always think it's too straight a hole to start on it is a hard like, I don't like straight dead straight holes no, I don't feel like you can pitch at any sort of flight and like, all the bunkers look in play all the bunkers so I, I did open qualifying there probably two years before you and I put it in one of the greenside one of the fairway bunkers after hitting the two iron off the tee yeah chipped it out knocked it greenside lost my ball finished with double on the first hole great start <laughs> anyway so you knocked it right into the rough so I've carted driver right because my mindset's always been par five, par four, it's a driver. You've got to get there in two, and it's the manly thing to do. And carted it right, after about three or four minutes, found the ball, hacked it sideways, made a par, didn't hit driver for the rest of the round. Because I was really quite nervous, like, hitting driver, because it had been so long since I'd hit any. And my club that I use in lessons is a seven iron. So I was just hitting seven iron in, in lessons to demonstrate. So I just thought, I'm just going to batter it round with irons here. So my dad was caddying for me at the time, and he kept on saying, go on, hit driver. And I was like, I don't want to. Like, <laughs> the rough's that bad, I might lose the ball. But you were saying in your professional days, you you were a good driver of the golf ball. That was your strength. Yeah, the thing to do is not have nine months off with driver. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? <laughs> and, um, yeah, obviously, I was struggling with driver. Well... I don't know if I was struggling with driver, but certainly the, the few that I hit, I hit a few bad ones. And I thought, it's in your head then, isn't it? Yeah, as well? I'm not going to hit that anymore. I'm just going to keep it in play because the rough was fairly brutal, but the ground was running fast. So somehow I just developed this stinger three out in, and it got me through the first round. And I shot level par, which doesn't sound amazing, but at the time it was playing very, very difficult. And I, I didn't win it because I, I was tied first with two others so it was like three of us in tied first can you remember how many people from that regional qualifying got through to final it's normally about 10 or 12 isn't it roughly it's 12 or 13 i would say okay. yeah it's around that number yeah so for people who don't know the process of open qualifying like james has just said you pay you 150 pound you've got to be a professional or off scratch i believe yeah i think it's scratch this scratch the, or better or yeah. professional to enter you do regional qualifying which is one round and there's there's uh local there's regional qualifiers all the way around the country and like james said fairhaven was the one that was close to him he shoots level par tied first qualifies then to final qualifying with 12 other people from that regional qualifying and then moves on to um royal Lytham. Uh, sorry st Andrew links, links a few yeah. weeks later yeah so uh, what did you think after you finished that round like i just I couldn't 
well, going down the last, I kind of knew I was doing well because it's par five, the last, and I'd hit three iron off the tee, and I had I had about 280, which I know it sounds daft, but it was probably about like a four iron at the time because it's so firm. And my dad's going, just hit four iron or three iron and try and thread it through. And there's out of bounds right, and then there's a bush on the left, and I'm thinking, I don't feel like I need to go for this. So I just said, just give a seven iron. And I just punched a seven iron down there, and I was only 50 yards short of the green. And pitched it fairly close, but missed the putt. But in my head, just through experience and knowledge, I just felt like I was in a situation where I was leading or certainly close to the lead. You don't have to shoot. You don't have to bird the last, do you? And going back, if I I hit three or four iron and put it a little bit right, it's not much right, out of bounds, and I make double, and you just think, why did I do that? I would have still qualified, but at the time... I just felt like I was doing well, and a par was good enough to get tied first, so I obviously finished that and kind of came off a bit, wow, just we've just tied first there. I know it's not a very big event, but... Do you it, win anything for... Do you actually get any prize money for winning regional qualifier? Because there was three of us, I think it was about three, four hundred pound-ish. Oh, so you covered your... Covered your entry. Yeah, and the, and the day off work. <laughs> <laughs> so when you say you've not been playing for nine months, and obviously I, I believe you because you you, you've referred to that a couple of times, but how long before open qualifying did you... You must have hit a ball the week before, or was it literally the day before you got your clubs out? How much earlier on did you get the stuff back out? I remember having a gap in my day at Clark's, and I, I might have hit 100 balls. And that was like a couple of days before or something? Yeah, and then obviously I played the practice round, hit it sideways... And then, so you've probably hit, let's just say, 170 balls or something, and then gone into open qualifying in, nine in like months. nine months. Wow, yeah, that is crazy. Because the thing is, I almost would borderline not believe this, other than the fact we, we saw know, yeah. you a couple of days before, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm going to open qualifying," and almost like I think you're like almost laughing about it. From what yeah, I remember, it's just I, a bit I, like I remember you saying, you know, even I, I think I said to you like, "Good luck" or something. You were like, "Oh, don't, you know, I'm not going to do well. I'm not going to qualify." Like I think you would, you know, if I break 80, I'll be amazed. Like really. Well, I'm not going to lie, when I, when I entered it, I was kind of embarrassed that I might shoot a bad score to my clients. I was going to say, what what would have been the wor- what would have been like horrendous for you? 80. Yeah. See, I shot 81. <laughs> <laughs> but Rick was made up with that. He was emailing his clients, I broke 85. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, did, did you ever hear the story about me, me at Fairhaven? So I did no. open qualifying, obviously. I was doing a video series about it, Quest for the Open. And I told everyone I was doing Fairhaven <laughs> and this, that, and the other. And, uh, you know, at the time, I thought it was a good idea, right? I was the last group out. Oh, no, sorry, second to last group out. And yeah. a good friend of mine called John Beasley was in the group behind me. So we... we around the clubhouse and I'm looking around and going you know I thought a few more people might be here but I'm I'm actually quite glad they're not you know I really am so I tee off on the on the first hole and like I say I find that green the fairway bunker which I wasn't that bothered about at the time and I'm looking around and thinking well there's not that many people here this is great our group we stand up oh sorry don't stand up we're already stood up we start walking down the fairway yeah and John my mate who's behind me in the group behind me said literally the whole everybody sat around the clubhouse. Everybody really put in green. All stood up and followed your group. And I was like, <laughs> "Oh crap!" Like they were there for me. They just weren't obvious. They were there for me. And from that moment, I would. I, it was literally like double t, double first t nerves every single shot. Like oh, her, no. horrendous nerves. Easy to find your ball though with that big <laughs> yeah. crowd. Well, it, it should have been. They bloody lost my ball the first hole, didn't they? They lost the bloody ball the first hole. Um, did you have any people walking around with you at regional qualifying? Yeah, there was a few walking around at like at regional. Um, 
a lot walked around at, fi- at final stage. So then fast forward to that. So is it about a week and a half after or something? Ten yeah, days after? so the day after I qualified at regional, went back to work, worked in the shop, teaching people. Um, were you telling people? Like, are you excited at this point? Are you, or are you just thinking, that oh, it's just a... Cause you, have you been to the final qualifying before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Been to final qualifying. God. It's got to be six or seven times, so maybe. It was, it was nothing massively new for you. No. You've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. Um, but yeah. what were your expectations now? And also, were you planning on practicing a bit more now? It kind of was getting a little bit more serious. Um, no. Didn't didn't even pra- didn't practice anymore, definitely. Really? But didn't change anything in terms of, like, the game plan. Mm. It was still, like, still firm, still bouncy, still could hit a three-iron, like, head height, 300 yards. That's mad. Because it was so just you... running that far. So that week before, you weren't just trying to shell drivers, trying to get the driver going? No, cause... because I was working. I was working every day. And, and at St. Teaching... you don't need driver. No. Really? I mean, I did hit driver at final stage better than because obviously I got rid of those demons but um you didn't need driver at all so final qualifying it's two rounds of golf yep in the same day um typically quite an early start obviously to squeeze the two rounds in and and was there any kind of big names in your final qualifying that people would um would recognize sometimes you get a few little ex-tour pros and stuff yeah, in, in they final all, qualifying they always seem to pull out like the day before don't they, they? Do actually. You, you think you're playing with vj singh and then you get on the team you think you're not vj <laughs> <laughs> was there any big names in um, st Anne's? i feel like there was i, th- I feel I, probably i can't remember no i can't but i feel like someone like a paul mcginley or someone I feel like like, yes. yeah. oh yeah he um do you not remember he lost his clubs yeah, oh, that yeah. rings a bell. That was it. He lost his clubs, or his clubs didn't arrive, and then he had to borrow some. I remember that. Did he yeah. actually play? There, there was definitely some Ryder Cup, like proper famous names in your final qualifying. A hundred percent. This is how disinterested I was. I'll have to try to have a look now if I can find I, it. I don't actually even know. <laughs> <laughs> so you go out again, no expectations, or, or you actually think, are you starting to dream at this point? I played practice round with my dad on Father's Day, and played really well, and I think about a shot like seven or eight under playing with my dad. Wow. Um, so Off, off back tees? Off or, back tees. Yeah. So I kind of thought, I love this place. Like for it me, is mega. For me, old links, it's just an easy place to shoot a good score. Yeah, even, even I've had good scores around there. Yeah. Like even I've had... A, I think my best round's like been four under round there. That's it. And because it, it, it is one of those courses where the par fives are very gettable. Yep. You just can't go right. No. If you hit it left, it's not a problem. You're fine. You just can't go right. Yeah, agreed. Um, so, turned up, final stage. And the funny thing was, the night before final stage, my employer now, Dan Webster, I was actually out because it was lovely, 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 lovely weather. And we were in Lytham, me and my wife and my, one of my wife's friends. And we we're actually in a place called Barique and do lovely wine. And we're having a glass of red, eating cheese. And Dan Webster's walking past and he goes, what are you doing? You're playing open qualifying in the morning. <laughs> Just to people who don't know, he's also the head professional at St. Anne's Old Links. Yes. Now, well, I work with Dan. Because he also owns Lytham Golf Academy, where I used to work, and so does James now. Yeah. So he's going, what are you doing? You've got open qualifying in the morning. I'm like, yeah, I'll be fine. Just going to have a couple more glasses and a bit more cheese, and then we'll get on the tee. Because in theory, that's what you did for regional qualifying. Yeah. So you just weren't changing anything. It wasn't changing a thing. <laughs> Nothing changed. It was very relaxed. Bit of alcohol involved. Obviously not daft. W- but... Were you nervous? 
No, not one bit. Honestly. Not one bit. And probably not as nervous about shooting a bad round round there. No, because again, you... I had no expectations at all. And this is what we need to touch on as well. Like, in life, I was so happy. I was like, I was nine months into my new career, like, teaching and working like at Clark, starting my PGA. But things started to happen. Like, I proposed to my, my girlfriend at the time, and she was now my fiance and... I was starting to like contribute towards like bills and paying the house. Yeah, and, great. Like my life became better. What what you what you envisioned yeah. after you know pack, hanging up your your glove and your, and your golf shoes exactly at the end of two thousand seventeen. Yeah, so inside I was very very happy and I was I had a planning a wedding and things like that, and I just had no worries whatsoever, absolutely no worries, and then. I had no expectations either, really. No financial worries as well. Nope. As you mentioned in the in the first podcast with the credit card bills and racking up like 30-odd grand bills and paying four £4,000 every week and paying a caddy and all this, that wasn't there either, no, was it? Like, like my, my life became much simpler. Like it was just, I go to work, I earn money, I pay my bills, done. What I always liked about coaching, and I remember this very vividly as well, and you probably started to see this, um... I remember coaching a full day diary and, you know, earning good money, thinking, you know, I've I've taught 12 hours there, I've really enjoyed it, I've helped loads of students get better at golf. At the end of it, I've earned decent dough. Yeah. And I always remember uh, probably a mutual friend of ours, I won't mention his name, but he put on Facebook that he'd shot like a 66 or a 65 around a, a you know, mini tour event or so and earn X amount. And it wasn't as much as I'd earned a day coaching nope. and I hadn't had to hit a golf ball. Yeah. And you think for him to go out and shoot a 66 or a 65 to win that much and he was boasting about it, it again, it, it goes back to that idea that, that the tour professional golf or professional golf is so money orientated that you do often get quite lost in the, in that kind of um, in that world, really. I, I think Definitely. with that, though, I think certainly you know, with football, we're all aware of the Premier League, the Championship, League One, League Two, and it goes down. So obviously different leagues even lower than that. So people would know that kind of, you might be a professional footballer, but playing for Southport, you're not yep. going to be earning as much as Ronaldo, whatever, Juventus, whatever it might be. But with golf, a lot of people, even quite hardcore golfers, don't really understand all the different tours and, and how the money obviously doesn't necessarily drip down. And like you said before, it, it's not always as simple as I won a, a pro event. Oh, right, you're a millionaire then. You might have won yep. 400 quid or something. Exactly. Yeah, even less sometimes. Where you're Mad. now coaching 10 hours yep. every day and seeing the benefits and you've not had to get stressed and you've not had to get worried and you're not no. thinking about overheads or your caddy or travel or being away from your family and your fiancé. So like you were in just a ridiculous ridiculously better place in your life definitely just enjoying what i was doing obviously i enjoyed playing golf but through the bad times it was it was hard of course just a quick question this might be a really silly question so i just thought of it then obviously with you going to clark's really busy facility and and you're the guy that's playing the european tour i mean that that is some validation of you as a player and i imagine that you got a lot of clients off the back of that Uh, firstly did you And, and secondly did you ever get anybody who was almost worried to have lessons off you because they felt they were so bad at golf and you were clearly so good that they might feel inferior or embarrassed or reluctant did that ever come up or or not definitely had a few comments like that like people saying oh i didn't know if you were too good to teach me yeah but it's just misinterpreted isn't it basically when they're reading the description about me because i i did have that side of my name ex-european tour player 
some, it might have put some people off, but at the end of the day, I'm still a knowledgeable coach willing to teach people. You'd imagine you get more people than you're going to lose off the back of that, obviously. And you yeah. want to get coached by someone that's been there and done it as well. Yeah, a lot of people did come to me f- for that. And they, the first thing they'd say in the lesson, oh, you used to be on tour, didn't you? And have you got any stories? And you think that you feel like you're eating their time when you think, come on, let's try and sort that slice. Yeah. Were some people again a bit confused going, where's your Ferrari outside? And where's, yeah. like, were, were people a bit like, hold on, I thought you're a tour player. Like, because again, they have that perception of the gold European tour card we spoke about before. Sometimes, definitely. Yeah, they used to, it's, it's so top heavy. Like you, like yeah. we were saying before, it's, it's about the, the gold at the top. But um, people often thought like, well, often said to me, like, why are you not playing anymore? And you say, well, how, how many hours have you got? Yeah, exactly. Like, this is only an hour lesson. Well, we're, and we're already two hours into a podcast. So, exactly. Um, right, so fast forward. First, first to hold, or not first to hold, we won't go shot by shot, but final qualifying, first round, what do you post? Uh, oof, good question. I feel five. like I might even have it on my phone. I tried to get it up then, I couldn't find it really easily online. Was it six under, five under? Five under. No, I've not got it. It was five under, definitely. Was that leading, I take it, then? No, no. No, I was two behind. Seven under was leading. And what did you think when you shot at five under? Was Again, was the heart started to race? Did you change your mentality? Did you go out for wine and cheese again? Or did you stay Did you stay home that... Oh, no, no it's, it's straight it's after. The same, same day. Of I forget. Um... So you had no time to think. I had no time to think. That's really. probably a good thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Because possibly if you had time to think... You might have changed it. Well, I remember uh, Dave Clark was there and I saw him and he was like, have you got on? I said, five under. And he was like, well, that's all right, kind of thing. And and then um, I just had my sandwich and sat on my own, took my shoes off because it was such a sunny day. And then back on the tee. Sometimes you don't have time, do you? It's really quick turnaround in but, 36. Yeah, but it was, there was no nerves still. No expectations, really. But my mindset was, I'm too behind. Like, I, I need to keep pressing on because there was a, there was a seven under in. So, and was it Marcus Armitage? It was Armitage and Jack Senior with yeah. the with the other graduates that year. So, um, which were all friends. So it was weird. Um, but I stood on the tenth tee in the second round, and it's a par four, isn't it? And yeah, it's like th- dead th- short three. 10, 3, 20, yeah, something like that. A couple of bunkers you've got to get over, but nothing yeah. much. And I remember just in the in the first round, I'd hit driver straight into the middle of the green. In the second round, just hit driver straight into the middle of the green. So it was just a really easy birdie to get going. And then I actually drove, this is how bouncy it was, I drove, drove 11. the 11th yeah, as well. That's... So I drove 10, drove 11. And before you know it, I'm 7 under, and I'm on on the tail of everybody. And then we got round to the 18th hole which is the par 5 par 5 and I've hit 3 iron off the tee is it 550 something like that it's about 550 I've hit 3 iron off the tee and I've got 274 yards to the flag and I've hit 4 iron and one of my friends uh, Henry Pond stood on you know the, the mound on the hill near the car park yeah he stood on the hill and I've hit this 4 iron and I've said to my dad like that is perfect like it just felt good, but it all depended on how much Bouncing, it bounced and yep. whether it bounced straight. And Henry gives a thumbs up, and then he gives another thumb up, and then he shows like a twelve-inch ruler basically with his hands. And I'm thinking, oh my god, it can't be that close. Get up there, and it's stiff. So I tapped that in, and at the time, hmm, what would have been? I would have been eleven under through twenty-seven holes then. So oh. I was leading. You're pretty good at golf, aren't you? <laughs> 
not bad. So far, we're two hours in, and that's something I've realised. You're, <laughs> you're pretty good. So you're 11 under through 27 holes. Yeah. Leading, do you know? I felt like I was tied first at this point. I might have been leading uh, by one. Stood on the first, and the flag was front right, and it was very easily drivable. So some people just missing that. Um, your second round, you started on the Started tenth. on the 10th, 2 so now, start, yeah. yeah. So now I'm on the first, so it's my... 28th hole and I've hit driver and I've missed the green just short right again you can drive that first hole yeah like easily and missed that green just short right so short sided and in my head it was like it's like a long par 3 like you should be making another 3 there and I made par but then battled around and carried on and I bogeyed 1, 2 the 4th I hit it in the in the trap on the left off the yeah. tee and made bogey. That is stroke one though on that on that course. Yeah, um, and then parred the f- the par five next, which was good par at the time. But then birdied the other par five coming back the other way. Yeah, and at this point I knew I was leading. No, tied first. Sorry, and then seventh. And there's a massive crowd walking around with me at this was time. That? So was that? How what, big would you say the crowd was? And this is family, friends, randomers as well. Yeah, but members of the golf club. Oh, yeah. Just local people just knowing I was doing well. And I'd say probably 70, 80 people. Right. Wow. And I stood on the seventh and I've absolutely ripped driver up the middle, pitched it in, made another birdie. So then I knew I was leading by one at this point. And again, are you nervous? No. How? Just because I was hitting it so well. Like Man, that's just what I've not never experienced. <laughs> There's no no nerves when it's on the rope. Yes. That is good, that though, isn't it? But then I remember. Do you almost very quick one go on. when you've got like a big crowd like you're playing well? Do you almost show off? It was it was like yeah, I'm going to show you all my skills. See, I've, I've, I'd love to get to that point, but I was just not that I ever will. But as in like, <laughs> I can imagine when I've heard people say that, like Rory's talked about it when he when he uh, shot the course record up Royal um, Port Rush, yep. when he had loads of local people and he was like, I'm just going to show off and he shot like 10 under or whatever stupid. Sounds like it's kind of quite familiar to you there where you're like, yeah. all right, I'm just going to keep going making birdies here. Yeah, well, my dad was like getting so panicky at this time. And is he nervous? He was really nervous, but he, he put a big bet on me. So he was really nervous. <laughs> Are you allowed to do that? <laughs> yeah, you, you can. Yeah, what? Well, what? What odds were you to get? Th- was it odds to get through? Um, I can't actually remember. I think it was like mid fifties. All right, so he made a few quid. I'm guessing. Then. Yeah, well, he, he he won more than I won for winning it. That's class. What? <laughs> yeah, that's so, crazy. And, it, and we were on now the eighth hole, which was my seventeenth, and I've hit four iron off the tee, and then I've hit wedge to like three feet, and then Dan Webster actually turns up with his camera at the back of the green, starts filming me, and. I've just fallen asleep over this three-footer. But all I'm thinking is, I'm going to get in the open. I'm going to get in the open, like, walking. Oh, God, I, I didn't even... I, I'd I almost got... forgot. That's what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. I forgot. And like, when did you actually even start think? When did you When did you start thinking that that was a possibility? My 16th hole when I knocked that putt in. Wow, so no, sorry, the, the 15th I birdied. Well, my 15th hole, but that was... The par five. The par five. I birdied that and then I knew I was tied first because there was a, a leaderboard at the side of the green and then I birdied the next so I knew I was leading and it was three people get in three people but I was tied on that par five I was tied with three people so right. I was thinking god all like just one of us get out of that pack and I might not get in if you get what I and, mean and were you ma- were like 
it'd be lovely if all three of you were like miles ahead of everyone else. Like, was it really yeah, compact? It was, it was close. There was people like nine under as well. So I, what? and then yeah, Dan Webster turns up with his camera on on my seventeenth, the eighth hole. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just falling asleep over this three footer and missed it. What? So there's footage of that somewhere. Yeah. So I should have gone to eight under for the round, which would have taken me to thirteen under, and then. Ninth hole. Beautiful which, par three. Beautiful par three. I've hit eight iron. Remember hitting it fairly decent. Bounce at the front, rolled up to about 15 feet. And then I just had a moment to myself on that green, just thinking, I've done it. All I've got to do is just two putt from here. What, 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 describe that better. <laughs> like, come on, really, really um, go back in time and describe that, what the hell did it feel like <laughs> that you real, you're going to play in the frigging open? Uh, well, I remember... you. If you've played that course, you'll remember that the ninth hole is like a bowl, it's isn't amazing. it? amazing. Such a beautiful path, right? And I'm down there on my own, and I remember just lining my putt up, and I took my hat off, and I remember just like running my fingers through my hair, just trying to have a moment. Hoping there was a photographer there <laughs> to put you on the front cover of the newspaper. Thinking, try and get a modelling contract. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I remember standing, what's well, like kneeling down lining my putt up and I was just looking up at like it's like a stadium isn't it like yeah, everyone like an ev- amphitheater yeah everyone was like high up around me and I just thought wow like we're gonna do this in a minute what? and then I got over the putt and I hit it quite firm like going for it because I was holding putts and everything everything was going my way basically I was playing well and I rammed it probably four feet past and then I was kind of panicking thinking I didn't actually look where what second is. Like, are we one ahead? Are we two ahead? But in the end, I was actually two ahead, and I, I knocked it in anyway. And one, but one were you two. nervous over that putt? Were you like, oh yeah, I was thinking, God, well, I could make a meal of this. So then, did you actually think of a negative? Because everything up until the build up of that sounded like super positive. There was a negative. It was like, is it like an undertone or? Yeah, it was more of a. Just focus hard on this. Don't fall asleep. Like the last putt you just did. Like you shouldn't be ramming a fifteen footer down a hill when all you need to do is just nudge nudge it whole side and tap it in for a nice easy win. But I hold this four footer coming back and just the relief was and just amazing. It. You're in the open. In the open. And then what happens after there's like a circus once after that? Like what the hell happened? Well we went in the clubhouse. England were playing football and I remember just thinking We've got a lot of organisation to do here. I need somewhere to stay. Who's going to caddy for me? Um, is it about three weeks before the actual open? It's not a long time, is it? Th- is it two or three weeks? It's definitely close because I was thinking I think, that how do you get accommodation and I stuff? I think it was t- maybe two weeks. And I remember going into the clubhouse. One of my good friends, Mark, who's like very, very organised, Mr. Organisation. He was like looking for places to stay straight away. Right there, then when you were yeah. in the clubhouse, you just won final qualifying. But it was so expensive to yeah. to stay. How anywhere. much did you win for final qualifying? Mm, if you don't mind me asking, about two thousand seven hundred. Okay, not as much as my dad. <laughs> I can't believe that. <laughs> um, so that was a nice little bonus, winning that money as well. And I won, I think, four hundred pound at the first stage. So it was it was a nice little yeah, yeah. cash injection. Um, but possibly didn't bear insignificance to how much it was going to cost you the week of the Open. Well, com- c- coming out the woodwork, like old sponsors, Colin, one of my very good friends, still a very good friend now, said, right, I'm going to buy the accommodation. We're going to get a big house. We're all going to stay in there. So 
my mum, my dad, myself, my wife, a um, couple of sponsors, and my caddy all stayed in the same house. But you're paying premium price now, aren't you? Or well, Colin was. I feel like it was about six, seven thousand pounds for a week. It, you're wow. two weeks away from the open. Yeah. Everything is booked. Yeah. In the in the town of Carnoustie, it's not big. Every single thing was booked. Yeah. Even I was working for the open that week and guy came up yeah. I, we had to even I had to stay like and the RNA had booked this hotel like two years in advance or three. Even we were staying like fifteen minutes up the road, twenty yeah. minutes up the road. Like it wasn't close. No, you couldn't get anything close. Um and we got, didn't get a BMW X5 to drive up. Yep, got a BMW X5. And off, who gave you that? Um, a member of SNA. He was the manager of BMW Williams Liverpool at the right. time. So I said to him, I said, go on, Paul. You can, surely you can get me a car that I can lend Did for you a week. Did you lent on him for a bit of... Yeah, I just said, what, what do you reckon you can do? And he said, oh, I'll have a chat with him. And before you know it, I had a brand new x5 and what do they get out of it a nice little press piece I just a picture did, yeah a bit of press they did a bit I've of actually press. got the picture on my phone because i found it before yeah nice, nice bit of press it was a nice um, bmw actually did you actually drive it up or did someone drive for you oh, yeah that was the one that. um that's nice no i didn't have a driver that would have been <laughs> nice but no, i know i drove it up but i love driving so that was, i bet that was nice though to yeah, drive a brand new x5 up to yeah, scotland like a boy in a china in a <laughs> to, in a toy shop <laughs> i was loving it so Sponsors coming out of the woodworks, what's this? Because I, I know Wilson sponsored you. Was, yeah, was that... well, I was using Wilson Irons anyway. Um, basically, it would have been 2017, kind of the year came to an end. I started using Wilson Irons. Um, and Wilson came out, they they helped me out. Um, helped you out with kit or money as well? or Kit and money. All right, great. Yeah, gave me a nice tour bag. And did you swap any clubs? I swapped putter between final stage and that's controversial playing the come open. on james you've learned about this you you said before you weren't going to swap clubs I was know. it to a wilson putter or no i went from odyssey to scotty cameron oh was that for like a, a, a paid thing or was actually you wanted to swap putter just got a nice putter and if you're going to play in the open you probably want a scotty was it a proper scotty it. uh talk, talk. oh nice oh that's why you did it yeah limited edition Nice. Was that done on the tour van for you? Oh, that. Um, how did that come about? Yeah, it wasn't done on a tour van. No, it was it was delivered. Oh, nice. But uh, I feel like we're jumping from filler to post here. But I'm loving all <laughs> I, this. I, I've got too many questions. <laughs> so then, I obviously you were also sponsored up. Your clothing was sponsored. Yep. You so had, you had patches like a Formula One driver. I did look like an F1 driver. Raw Sport, which is Colin, who paid for the house. Um, and then I had GPW, which is a company that. A recruitment company in St. Helens that sponsored we'll, me for we'll years. You, we'll let you have a little free ad here. Go on, <laughs> carry on. Wilson, um, uh, MPS, um, which is a printing company in Standish. Another one of my friends, Lee Dorber. Um, and then I had Cardinal Meantime, um, which is one of Colin's friends. I've actually met him, but he was like, yeah, I want a piece of the action. Let's whack another logo on. And oh my God. Before you know it, I'd, I had... Uh, logos all over don't me. blame you at and, all. and again just you don't have to say this but was was there a price per patch or were you just taking everything you could um everything i could because at the end of the day i thought this might just be a one week thing so say for example yeah obviously i was in communication if i would have said to you where rick shield's logo this week yeah how much would it cost me or if i had to put an offering where where, where, where are we putting it on uh, yeah. premium yeah front of hat oh front but yeah front of hat that'd have been a lot of money Let's, um, let's say chest or arm. Between five and ten grand. 
Nice. I'm glad I didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of, couple of hundred quid but, in the Kit Kat wouldn't have cut but it. But that's the beauty of the Open over probably every other major, well, obviously the US Open as well, but the fact that you could have gone on and played another four days of the best golf you've ever played and actually won the Claret Joke. I know it's hard to believe and it's obviously a massive ask, but that could have happened and your five grand Rick Shields logo could have been on the, exactly. the front of golf magazines exactly. for, for the rest of time. Well, you look at it, even like Paul Laurie when he won in 99. He yep. had so many logos mm. on him. And again, because he was... He was no disrespect, he would have been from the from the pack. He yeah, wouldn't yeah. have been expected to have won, no, no. so he would have sold out as much as he could. Of course he would. Um, right, so we need to we need to kind of shape ourselves here now. So you're on the way to Canusti, you're logoed up, you've got a bit of money in your back pocket. You're brand thinking, new BM, brand new BM. Uh, you got a new Scotty Cameron putter. You got a nice Wilson tour bag. Like life is is good at this point. Yeah, it's good again. Tell us about the week. Well. The day after I actually qualified, I went back to work and I had a 10-hour day teaching. <laughs> so it was really bizarre. Like, obviously, got in the open and everyone's like, oh, did you get on? Well, I won. Well, what are you doing here? Like, you should be practicing. So I actually went back to full-time work after that. And then with a bit of notice, I could cancel a few lessons. And I actually went up to the open on the... Was it the Saturday? I think a drove up on the Saturday and then went for first practice round on the Sunday. Because that, is that the first day you can go and do a practice round? Yeah, well, I just thought, like, I'd give myself a good chance of getting in here, like, doing well. So I went straight back to my playing days, like, I need to prep, I need to practice, I need to do this, I need to do that. And I actually went up and went to the golf course on the Sunday, and the only two people on the range was myself and Tiger Woods. Shut and I was up. like, oh my God. Oh my word. This is real. What? Yeah. And there's a picture of me, um, like face on. Can we get that? We're going to get that picture and put it in the podcast yeah. group and on the on the second channel. And in the background, Tiger's hitting balls. And I was just like, this is surreal now. That is ridiculous. And were you like, not only at that, but I mean, were you nervous then on the range hitting balls with Tiger? Yes. That, well, Yes and no. Like, Is it like nervous I was excitement? Just, I was just trying to take it all in, and I just thought, I'm going to enjoy every moment here of like being here. It might, it might only ever happen once. So, When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Just, just trying to take every moment in. Just making sure I looked around and actually looked at things around me. Just so sorry, James. I'm getting excited. Just two quick no, questions. Firstly, realistically, now, what were your expectations, or did you have any at all? Um, I, I felt like I could easily, easily like make the cut. Yeah, that was my goal. Basically, try and make the cut. Try and earn some good money. Pay a chunk of my mortgage off, and then see see what happens. Get back to coaching. And then yeah, go back, go back to golf. And then second Coaching. question, and this isn't something I thought of until you just said Tiger Woods. Obviously, there's you on the range in Tiger Woods. Yep. Like you've got the most famous golfer of all time, and a guy that you know, being honest, most people wouldn't have known of in yourself. But how did you get treated then in the whole? Pl- were you treated as if you were all, with that badge, you know, the open badge and everything, and obviously being a player? Do you still get treated as if you almost were Tiger Woods by the staff and by everybody at the golf course? Did you feel like you, you know, you really were somebody and stuff on yeah. that week? I mean, the, the staff obviously don't treat you as well as Tiger would yeah. be because he's got six people walking around with him. Um, but yeah, the staff were really good, and it was just surreal really like walking into that clubhouse and i had to sign a flag and sign a few like um bits of art when when we checked in and it was just surreal really did you always look up. for tiger's signature and try and put your name <laughs> put it next close. to it like tiger signatures here and everyone else's <laughs> names around yeah. it and nothing's up here <laughs> arrows pointing at his um i can't remember searching but, for but it also but. like things like how did you know what to do when you got on site like was it was it clear enough as a player did you ever get stopped as well as a not like someone yeah security Players going, only yeah did that ever happen no no um i suppose because the actually you work, turn up really i mean you get sent like documentation so you can get into the car park and once you're in there it's just a case of going into the clubhouse you get your clip and you couldn't get anywhere without badges and clips so that was it was surreal really turning up that day but i suppose because you you look the part Oh, like yeah. A Formula well, One driver. Old brand new Galvin Green clothing. All brand new clothing, tour bag, caddy. You, you just walk wherever you went. Yeah, went. you just look like yeah. everybody else, really. But then how do you know how to get like to the driving range and to get the ball? Like, did, did, when you go to the driving range, do they say, what balls would you like, yep. Mr. Robinson? What balls would you like? What exact balls do you That's like? And, yeah, I mean, your caddy does a lot of that. And you just got directed everywhere. It was just buggies from the clubhouse to the range, from the wow. clubhouse to the chipping green, things like that. Because, again, this is a world I feel like I know, but I also don't know at all. Like, I feel like I obviously know how it all operates, and I've been to many, many tour events, and as I get at work to that week yeah. at Carnoustie, so I, I was more behind the scenes than I've ever been before, but I still don't understand how things happen from a player's perspective. Well, that's one thing James has conveniently not mentioned yet. He's mentioned the X5. He's mentioned being on the range of Tiger Woods and having the sign and the stuff. He's not mentioned the interview with Rick Shields that he got done on the golf course. Well, that was quite a big moment. That's when you know you've hit the big time. I realised. Tiger didn't get that. No. Tiger didn't get that. Not any old bloody golfer there got an interview. Well, do you remember who I was playing with? Ian Poulter and uh, Rafa Cabrera-Bella. Yeah. Because I, I, I chased you down. Yep. 
you were on the uh, sixth hole, the path. Oh, no, three, eighth wasn't hole. It? Did you play with? I thought you played with Sergio. Or was that well? I played a few practice, practice rounds. rounds. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. Did you play a practice round with Sergio? Played with Sergio. Um, well, Danny Willett. How does that work? How do you put like? Basically, in the clubhouse, um, there's, a, just a there's a computer. Yeah, there's a computer with a T-sheet, and you see who's on there, and then you just pop your name down with them. What? So I just thought I might only ever be here once, so I, I want to play with Sergio. Played with Polter, Rafa Cabrera, Bale, Jorge Campillo, Danny Willett. And did, did you know Danny? Yeah, you know I, I knew Danny? Danny. Yeah, well, he, he stuffed me in two thousand seven, didn't he? So yeah, did I don't think he'll ever forget revenge. that. <laughs> that was a high, the highlight. When we ever get him on the podcast, we'll ask him about that as a yeah. highlight. See if he remembers that. Um, so, like, I mean, but like, Tiger's name's not on there, is it? Or like, does it? No. Do, do, do some players like almost shy away from everybody? I think if Tiger was putting his name down, it would go from four, like no names to four names, so nobody yeah, yeah. else could put the name down, but. When I played with Polter and um, Rafa, Rafa, I remember being stood on the first tee because I, I got to like the first tee ten minutes before the tee time, and I remember saying to Sam McCaddy at the time, "Do you reckon they'll come?" Because like <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, know, I'm a nobody, and he was like, "I don't know. We'll see in a minute." And then I remember thinking, "They're not coming." It's like we're off in a minute, and they're not here. And I'm thinking, I'm going to look like a gimp here playing on my own. <laughs> Because so, you can't really miss your practice time either, can you? No, no. And then before you know it, they walk through. And I'm thinking, oh, wow. And what do you do? It, it's you have to introduce yourself. Well, and... I met him many, many years ago at the uh, the Belfry in the British Masters. And he won't remember, but I remember it. But I met him on the putting green there. And when he walked up, he was like, Ian. I was like, yeah, of course I know your name, like James. And it was surreal really playing with these people and was I'm there a, much of a chat did you have a, did you have yeah. like a money match was there anything no money arranged? match no like they they did practice rounds in like a very unusual way they would hit like three or four balls off the tee and then they'd just drop a ball in the rough and they just did it their own thing with go- it. they weren't playing golf no they weren't it? keeping a score or anything and to get up to the green and they wouldn't even put the hit like seven, eight, nine, ten shots round the green right. and then just walk onto the next tee. And what were you doing? Were you learning from that? Or yeah, were you I, playing I, I, golf? I, was, I was like hitting a few shots and basically playing a ball and then playing other balls around the green, like doing a lot of chipping and putting. Like, Did you ever feel like there was times where you wanted to hit another ball but you were conscious about keeping them waiting or did you just own it? No, I owned it. I've even got a video on Instagram of like, me in slow motion I'm, I'm hitting a shot well I've hit a shot into the green and then Sam said oh we'll hit one to a back right flag imagine it's there and I've thrown a ball down and I'm hitting it and Poulter's like up the fairway like 50 yards and I've actually pinged one over his head <laughs> oh my the green. and obviously practice rounds yeah. certainly open packed like the the attendance really is, really big yeah like is that nerve wracking is that the biggest crowd you've ever played in front of even in the practice rounds Mm, it's up there, yeah, definitely. I mean, places like Denmark on European tour like got quite a big. Oh, uh, Himbeland is yeah. it with the the par three? Yeah, they got really big like crowds, so that was probably the biggest. But at the Open, it was just with the grandstands around you, and like you speak on the first tee, and it echoes the around. First and you just... tee is nerve wracking. Yeah, well, I've got a great video of like all my friends in the in the stand, and I hit like a four iron, like like I did it. 
final stage, like a really low four iron off the first tee. And I remember being like filmed by a few people, like friends and family. And I was stood there and just remembered thinking, just keep breathing, just keep breathing. Like don't shallow breathe and hold your breath. Cause it's just something you learn over the years. And I hit a really good tee shot off the first and all my friends are like, Was this in the first day? Yeah, or? going bonkers on the that first day. That must feel like an amazing feeling. Yeah. I want to I want to fa- I want to rewind just a tiny bit. I feel like we've got so much to unpack. Yeah. So you're going through all the practice rounds, you're really soaking it all in, yep. you're, you're looking at everything, you you probably your phone's going mental. Like you're checking things all the time. So I think I'd be a nightmare with that. It was really quite bad for me social media, so only because I was getting so many messages, it was making me nervous. Not like hate messages, no, no, just no. like, like good luck, good messages. Good luck, good luck. Oh, so I've put some money on you. And oh God, that's like, not what you want to see. It's is all it? support, but you think, like, I don't really want to be reading this. My phone was all, always going off. So I actually signed out of social media and Colin and Mark like looked after it and took a few pictures of me and did the promotion whilst I was playing. But I logged out of it because they it was like, just going crazy. I really want to thank my sponsors again for the <laughs> yeah. fifth time today. <laughs> Another selfie of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you logged out of it. You'd, you'd box that off, and then you go back to the house. You know, every night. And was it a, was it a really chilled vibe? Were you drinking? Were you, like, what what was that like at, at the home? My mindset changed. I would say, like going back now and like like reviewing the, the situation. I suppose I started to try again. Just oh, got really? back in the playing days. Mm. Nothing was relaxed. I was eating the right foods. I wasn't having any beer. I no wine. I wasn't no having any wine. Cheese. No cheese. I was drinking water. All the boring stuff in life. And I started practicing so much every day. And I'm not going to lie, I practiced my way out of form. Really? I went into that final stage, dominated. Yeah, yeah. Came out of it. And I thought, my game is in perfect position. Don't need to do anything here. Just, just trickle a bit of practicing. But I hit hundreds of balls, and by the end of the practice session, I thought I've actually just become worse there. Like, did you have any coaching? Did, did Adrian come back out and give mm, you any lessons? No. Or in, like, and, and in hindsight, I know it's really hard. Would you have? Would you have literally? Like, how can you manage that though? Because let's say after final qualifying, you go to the Open and you do the bare minimum. Yeah. And I mean the the absolute bare minimum, bit exactly what's got you through regional qualifying and final qualifying. Yep. And let's say you performed exactly the same in the open as you did when you when you practiced as hard. Yep. Would you have looked back on it and gone, I wish I'd tried harder? Could potentially, maybe. But, I mean, the way it panned out for me is I went to the open playing well and hitting it well and came away from the open, practiced out of out of form, basically. I, th- I think the thing is with that, though, it's completely, I think everybody would do the same thing because the first one you went to... Is that look? What's the first one called? Fairhaven. For, well, no, but what's that quali- regional, regional qualifying? Yeah. You went to that almost for a day out in the sun, game yeah. of golf, no expectations. You happen to play amazing. Try to break eighty. Yeah, to beat Rick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well done for that. <laughs> the next round again, bit of fun at a course, you know, really well, kind of with your dad on the bag, chilled out, happened to play amazing. Again, with no expectations, you then go to the Open, knowing part of the magic of the Open. If you play the four best rounds of your life, which we alluded to earlier, and you won it, or you come top ten, or you come top twenty, or whatever you might do, you get paired with Tiger or whatever, anything that could be your life changed forever. And that's so, what I started to think. Well, but that you can't blame you, you, you natch then on. The, it's like you've got this one shot. You're going to practice your heart out. Aren't well, I, you? I just thought like after this, I'm going back to tour. Like yeah, you, you, you never know. You know what I mean? Like if I, if I won a hundred grand and 
got into the Open the year after. I can't remember where you have to finish. Is it top 14 or something like that? 12 to get into the Open the the next year. And I was was starting to think like that, like positive thoughts, but putting pressure on myself again rather than thinking, let's try and not shoot 80 in the first round like (laughs) I did at the last two. (laughs) So when you... um, So think now, Wednesday night. Yep. You're playing Thursday. You're playing in the Open the day after. Yep. Like, was it... it, did you get a good night's sleep? Were you nervous? Were you, like what? It was really, really hot. And I actually remember I bought a Dyson fan to just try and keep the room cool because it was so hot. And I slept okay. I mean, I don't struggle to sleep. Like I could have my house repossessed and <laughs> still be able to sleep. Um, but there was definitely a lot of nerves. But with a qualifier, you tend to get like bad tea times. Yeah, of course. They're not going to give you good tea times. And I was late, late. So I was morning tea time, first round. No, not a morning, sorry. Like the first tea in the first day, but I was one of the last off. Yeah. So it was still, I feel like it was around 12.40 my tea time. So it was a, a late early, if that makes sense. And did okay. And I was playing fairly good. I actually remember I finished bogey bogey, which is no disgrace around that golf course. I don't know if you can remember seventeen, eighteen. Mm. Oh, it's hard to hard at all. Hard, yeah, yeah and sixteen as well. It's a tough one, isn't the par three. Yeah, so I, I kind of let my round slip away, and I think I finished. I f- shot four over first round, and I think um, I've got your scorecard. Dustin shot. Did, did I finish? You shot seventy five. Yeah. And Dustin shot 76. Yeah. You actually didn't bogey 17. You parred 17. Was it 16 a bogey? But you bogeyed 16, yeah. which is known as one of the hardest par threes in the world. In the world, yeah. yeah. It's like 240. So so front nine, you shoot one over. Yeah. So you had two bogeys and a birdie. Yeah. What was it like having that first birdie on number eight, par three, by the, re- by the side? Amazing. Because I remember, hit great seven iron in, and then just hit a perfect putt straight in the middle from about 20 feet, and like all my... My, my gang, <laughs> my supporters, like, went cheered because I was playing fairly well. I wasn't putting a foot wrong, really. Yeah. I was just playing steady golf and keeping it in play. I want to rewind just the t- eight holes earlier. <laughs> yep. First tee on the championship on the Thursday first. Like, what the hell was going through your mind there? Well, I just remember being stood on the first tee, like, looking up at all my friends and family and, like... Because it was I packed, wasn't, wasn't it? The, yeah, but I wasn't, I wasn't really concentrating on what I was doing. I was just like, yeah, you're all right, you're all right. Hi, nice to see you, nice to see you. Like, and I was thinking, like, come on, need to concentrate. What, how far do we need to hit this first shot? You know what I mean? What? Stood there like... And that was then the four eye and the deep breaths. And the four, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm kind of jumping from pillars to both, but I, don't, I just don't want to miss anything. I want to catch you, like, your emotion at the time. Like, it's all like, like the four eye and the bullet four eye that went 250 down the middle of the fairway. That's good, but how the hell do you feel at that moment in time? Like, I don't I don't I, understand how you can do it. I just remember <laughs> thinking, like, just, just try and make a good swing. Yeah. Like, and you have all sorts of, like, thoughts, but I was hitting it fairly good at the time and just hit a rocket down the middle. Do any, because I know right now, if uh, I'm saying right now, if literally somebody said to me, next week you're playing in the open and the first tee, you've got to hit a tee shot. Yeah. I would keep getting flashbacks of like a horrendous shot. Yeah. Like I would I would think of shanking it and hitting someone in the head. Back foot four iron shank. Like, but, does that ever, ever, did that ever, ever, ever pop up into your mind? I can't remember the last time I shanked it. I know, so. but, like, but that's I, don't, I don't. That's the difference though, isn't it? Because like, I'm not being funny. If 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 you were in his situation at St. Anne's, you probably wouldn't have got through. That's, oh, why, he's, that's why he's at elite level because you don't think like that or very rarely. That's what, that's what I'm trying to di- digest. Yeah. Like, 
really get into. It doesn't matter. I, I'm not sure. It doesn't matter how good I can possibly play. There's always a horrible demon somewhere that that just wants mm. me to hit yeah, I'm the a same, horrendous shot. I think that's part, like, obviously part of golf is ability, obviously, but a massive part, and obviously James knows much more than, than we do, is that mindset, isn't it? Yeah, and mindset is something you create in your own head. It's not real. You can't mm. touch it. You can't pick it up. It's it's something you create in your own head. So mm. if you're in a, like, a good place mentally, it doesn't matter how you feel. Like if you can control that in your own head and your own emotions, it's it's not something real, mm, is it? You know what I mean? True. Like You can't touch it. But again, going back to the story we said in the first podcast, from 2000 to 2017, you've got rid of those demons by playing a lot of amazing golf. Like, you've spent a lot of your time under par. Yep. A hell of a lot. And it's like, then it just translates into the open. So it's just the you one just, of the, You just get used event. to it. It just goes up a notch. Like, it's I amazing. remember, I remember being... 16 years old playing in something called the Victory Trophy at, at Gathurst Golf Club and I think it was 15 maybe at the time actually and I was a reserve for the team and I remember standing on the first tee not being able to put the ball on the tee peg and it was a men's event and I couldn't put the ball on the tee peg because I was so nervous and I was a reserve for the team <laughs> and you just think that's laughable now to mm-hmm. me but at the time it was like the biggest thing I'd ever done being a reserve in a men's team but then it just goes up a notch up a notch and you just you look back 10 years ago and you think god i was nervous then like what was i nervous about what do you think would it take to get you properly properly nervous do you think like first t friday Ryder cup or 18th hole over a putt to win the masters like what would actually properly get you nervous something that like means a lot so I've always tried to like control nerves by saying, this is something you're creating in your own head. And I'm having this conversation with myself and I'm just thinking, this isn't real. You're just sat here winding yourself up, making this something when you're good enough to do this, just just hit it. It's just a golf shot. Yeah. So I've always tried to control control nerves by just having a word with myself like that. So and breathing's the biggest one for me. Like if I can control breathing and have that little chat with myself saying this isn't actually real yeah. don't be scared of it it's only only be scared if it gonna bite you if it's gonna bite you like <laughs> yeah, an alligator yeah. on the yeah. golf course you know what i mean um okay so 75 first round you yep. beat dj by one are you, are you happy with that round of golf i was happy but obviously 16 and 18 it felt like a bit of a a wind windy like finished the round yeah. it was it was a bit disappointing because i drove it in the trap on 18 splashed out made bogey so it wasn't it wasn't bad, but I felt like I just let it slip at the end, even though there were hard holes. And at the time, I can't remember, and you might, like, how far away were you from the middle of the pack? Like, what was what was the cut looking like? I was on the mark. Right. I, I think after that round, I was 70th off memory. I th- I'm sure I was bang on, like, what the cut was going to be. Okay. So then from that, you wake up on the Friday. Yep. Are you thinking I've got to shoot ten under again like you did? You know, what what's the? Are you, are you optimistic of making the cut? Are you are you feeling like oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to do it? What was your feelings? I felt like I could definitely make the cut. Um, I had, I'm sure it was about three three forty five tea time. Oh, that's late, isn't it? On the second day, so I woke up, walked downstairs. First thing on TV, everyone's watching is the Open. Oh God, yeah. So I'm sat there watching the Open. I'm thinking, getting a bit nervous now. Like, is that weird? Yeah, and then I'm watching it on on my phone, thinking, 
I was 70th, now I'm 72nd, 73rd. Oh, my God. And then I might have gone into, like, 69th through, you know, like, during the day watching my score, like, where I was placed. And then I just thought, I need to get out of the house. Like, I've got to go out of the house. Everyone around me is just talking about golf. Of course. Watching golf. I'm watching it on my phone. I need to get out. I just felt like the nerves were building. So... I we went to you know Dobby's Garden Centre. I don't know it, no. But, but in have you been to one? No, uh, no, I've been to I've. one. Yeah, I know Dob- what you mean. Dobby's Garden Centre. I mean, it's somewhere I've never been before. But I was like, just said to my my um, wife, I said, "Come on, we just need to go. Let's get out." So jumped in that Flash X Five. Nice. Went to Dobby's. Boring. <laughs> Walk round Dobby's. Uh, what kind of times this then? Been in mind, enough at three forty-five. This is like lunchtime or a bit eleven o'clock. Yeah. Three forty time is a really late tea yeah. time, isn't it? But it's, it's it a long time to build up nerves. Yeah. It's a long time. Would you have preferred six thirty in the morning? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I've always done my best golf early, early. Yeah, like when no one's watching, just get it done. Yeah, three forty-five is super late, isn't it? So you walk around the garden centre, and is it working? And are you feeling more relaxed and more like normal, or? Well, living my wife's going, oh, look at that, look at that. I'm just thinking, God, I'm so nervous. Like, I can't wait to just get on that tee and just hit the ball. And Oh, look at that. I'm just yeah. thinking, I don't even know what she's saying to me. I'm just oh, thinking, God. I just want to get out and play golf and just have it done. Um, but it was just a weird thing to do. I mean, I don't go to garden centres and I'm walking around a garden centre just about to play the second round of the Open. And, just, and it was just random. nobody knows who, like, no disrespect, but nope. you're walking around this garden centre nobody's knowing that you're going to play in the Open that afternoon. You feel like, like stopping how? a random person going, guess what you're doing after? What are you doing? Are you planting them plants? You're like, I'm playing the Open. Yeah. <laughs> you're at the Open Championship, like, today, it, I'm playing in it. It was really random, definitely. When you're watching it on TV, yep. it's something I've always wanted to know. Are you looking at pin positions? Yeah, and, and watching how holes like, are playing. Yeah, yeah and how definitely. like the, the are you ever looking at a sloping putt and going? Oh, I need to remember that for when I play it this afternoon. It was more like wind direction and just getting a, starting to think about what clubs you will hit off tee. So when you get to the course, you can do a bit of prep beforehand and think, oh, we like I don't know Garcia at four iron off here before when yesterday hit driver or you know what I mean. And are you ever looking at like a par three and going? Garcia at four iron here, but I'm I'm feeling six iron. Am I like? Do you almost like? Do you remember what you saw on TV six hours earlier, or not? Is that just go out your mind? No, I didn't really pay too much attention to that. But no. I, rem- I remember playing practice round with him, thinking I'm actually quite long here. But I was in like a big bomb draw slinger at the time, and I remember thinking like, I'm, I'm quite long. That's crazy. Because I just thought I'll be fifty yards behind all these boys, but I was the long one in the group. Did, did you think? Did you think that moving into the open? Did you think you were gonna? What What did you think was going to be your weakness compared to the best players in the world playing um, in the open? Good question. I, every, I just thought they'd be good at everything, but when you play with them, you just think he's got two arms, two legs. He's he's not actually doing that much different I was going to say when even when you did your practice rounds were you like were you blown away by the performance compared no, to what you were I, doing I felt like I was the pro and they were the amateurs in the what? practice round because I just flushed it like in the practice rounds did like, anyone ever say anything you're hitting it bloody well or is it just so like normal to them it's em? just normal to them like they don't they don't really comment like Sam after the practice round said like you're hitting it good like let's just keep going and I just kept going to the range hitting more balls before you know it, I started hitting it poorly. <laughs> um, so tea, you, the first tee for the second round, then it's 3.45, you've been to the garden centre, you've had some time to try and chill out. I had my cheese sandwich. <laughs> How did that tee shot end up going? Um, 
You made another good one, didn't you? If you yeah, I, I, I did all right. I, I didn't start the round too badly. I think I may have been one over you, early You doors. bogeyed the first. Oh, do you know what I did? I hit perfect tee shot down the middle. I've hit a seven iron into about four feet, three jabbed. What? Yeah. So it was a swinging left to right. I remember it, fast green, and I rammed it a little bit past. It caught the top edge and spat it down the hill, and it went maybe five feet away, and then missed that putt coming back. So all of a sudden, I'm stood over this four-footer thinking, I'm well inside the cut to, oh, no, I've just gone outside the cut mark oh, no. in one hole. And then what did you shoot that round? I shot myself. <laughs> no, uh, well, I was actually, doing... He actually matched my score. 81. Yeah, he did, he did well. <laughs> I was doing okay, and you can remind me of that that number, the snowman. You had a snowman on number seven. Number seven, okay. Is that a par four or five? That's a par, a four. par four. It's up against the side. It's it's the hole after Hogan's alley. Oh, yeah. yeah. So the par five, I think I made par there, played after, that okay. After bogey in the first, you made five pars on a row. Yeah. And then stood on the seventh, and I'd been hitting three aims so well for like weeks on end. I don't know why I didn't pull it out, but I just said, I just want to hit hybrid. And I've hit hybrid, turned it over, one bounce out of bounce. <sighs> so I've said to Sam, go on, give us another one. And he said, same club. I was like, yep, I can do this. I can hit it down the middle. Same shot. Hit it, overdrew, one bounce, over the fence, out of bounds. And wow. then Sam was like, same club. I was like, yep, there's absolutely no reason why I can't hit this club down the middle. Feels like a tin cup moment. Yeah. Your whole story's felt very tin cup <laughs> until this point as well. And I was like, I'm not changing club. Like this, I've got the ability to hit this club down the middle. So put it down, spanked it down the middle, made par with my third ball, but made triple. Well, weirdly, I've got a, I've got a video, and I've just uh, I sent it to guys morning. Did you wear the blue outfit on the Friday? You might not remember. Good question. But on the on, I've got a yeah. t-shirt of you on the sixth hole. So before the snowman, yeah, absolutely striping one down the six on Hogan's yes. Alley, and I think I sent that to you because yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I didn't think you'd get loads that, yeah. and loads of footage. So that it was the whole after that. It was the whole after that, yeah. Oh, and I you, just, you, I just hit two turny over ones. But I look back to that moment and I just think, why was I not hitting three iron head height the same yeah. as I did all the time? Why was I hitting hybrid? Like it wasn't going to go any further than the chasing three iron and. It's just stupid. So like, then when you've you've had the eight and you, you finished the round, 81, you've kind of signed your scorecard and essentially that's your open, done. Ha, what's that feeling like? Is it you kind of happy it's out the way? Are you regretting anything? Well, or? going back to that moment where I made eight, I I remember like thinking, that's it, we're done. Not not going to make the cut. It's over. Um, back to work. Just all negative thoughts start flying in. And... I played a few holes and I just thought, I just want to get off here. Like, I'm not enjoying it one bit. Just brought back all the old emotions of why I stopped playing mm. golf. Um, I must have been like a nightmare to work for then. But Sam's just saying, just step back, have a look at what you're doing here. You, you're still in the open. Let's just try and enjoy the rest of the round. And it took me a few holes to come round. But then I was just so disappointed in myself for making that eight. Because as soon as that happened, it was, I mean birdies are so hard to make around that golf course it's unbelievable mm. and I needed like five or six of them and you're thinking that's not going to happen so the disappointment in myself just it just rattled me and um, Sam gave me a talking to and said just try and enjoy the rest of the day we're not going to do it but you're playing in the open just remember this for the rest of your life um, I 
kind of took me a few holes, but I came round, started to enjoy it, and obviously finished with an 81, but all the damage was done on that one hole. Mm. Done. And then did you stay for the weekend, or did you just head back down the road, or what was the plan? Uh, I had a nine, nine o'clock lesson on Saturday morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I started filling my diary back up, and I thought, I'm not going to earn any money here, so I'm getting home. Um, no, I'd, we went back, but because my tea time was so late, we stayed over that night, and then we drove back the next day. Did you have a few drinks? No. Did you not? The vibe in the house was not very nice. But oh, really? It, yeah, it was like being at a funeral. It really? Was, it was like nobody was talking. What What was the... <laughs> when you then got back home on the Saturday PM, wherever it would have been, and, you know, driven the X5 back home and stuff, what was the feeling then and the, and the weeks kind of come in? Was it proud of yourself for doing it? Did you feel pissed off for a long time, or how did it... I was I was definitely disappointed with how it went, but... As I had a bit of time to reflect and see what happened and what went wrong, um, I looked at it and I just thought it started to mean too much to me whilst I was there. Mm. I started to try, put too much pressure on myself. I didn't stick to the the relaxed game plan that I I went with. Didn't have any wine, didn't have any cheese. (laughs) (laughs) But just little things like that that just kept me in a relaxed state of mind. And it just all went back to... Right, this could be it. I could be back on tour here. Like, if I do well, earn enough money, I could just be back where I want to be. Um, and it just did, did didn't it, work out. Did it after you know? Obviously, you've got the game. Yep. And I, I'm not here to sugarcoat it, and I'm not here to you know give you the prep talk because I'm sure probably too many people might do that. Like I, I've seen it so many times. Because in golf, it's very difficult. Nobody tells you you're not good enough. You have to tell yourself all yeah. that. At the end, you have to go, I'm not good enough here. Like, did it, after having that phenomenal round at Fairhaven, or the, do I say phenomenal round, level par to get yeah. through, phenomenal rounds at St. Anne's Old Lake, so yeah, yeah. two back-to-back, did it ever, did it spark anything back inside you? Did you get anybody going, come on, Jake, you can do this. You, you can, you can get back on tour. You can't, like, did any of that kind of come yeah, in? Yeah, I had a lot of that, but then I went back to, why I stopped playing mm. originally and it came back to that three year plan. Like it's gonna take me three years to get back there and that's if everything goes perfect. Yeah. And now you what what age were you then? Thirty. Uh, so it would have been thirty. Just just before your thirtieth birthday. So yeah. you're August, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So it'd been just before your thirtieth birthday and you're thinking, Well hold on again, it's gonna be three years. And you be... just had a kid when yep. you were playing the open. Yep. So you just had a kid, you're thinking, Do I really no, want to No, no, be... sorry, not that open. Um just got married. Um and then my, my wife fell pregnant. Well, my son was due the the year later, right. the week of the Open. Oh, really? Yeah, because I was actually asked by Matthew Baldwin, one of my good friends, if I could caddy in the Open. No way. Which would have been quite cool, because I would have played one year, and then the very next year would have caddied in the good, Open. Yeah. But I had to reject because my, my son was due. Wow. It's good job we didn't get top 14. See, things happen for a reason. <laughs> exactly. You wouldn't have been able to play in the open. That's why I lost all those balls That's on that why seventh hole. <laughs> so we have a section on the show called Nightmare, Nightmare Shot, Nightmare Story. That's your nightmare story. That's, that the, eight, yeah, the, that's the worst hole. hole I've ever had in my life. Is it honestly? Yeah, just because it meant more than anything yeah, to me. Yeah, true. And then it just put me out of the tournament. Sorry like to a, par, a par on there. Sorry to bring it back up. <laughs> a par on there. <laughs> Tell us more about it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I think that, what we said earlier on, though, I think it was in this episode, the last one, it's all kind of merging to one now. But that's something that no matter how you know much that eight annoys you or whatever it might be, or hitting the two out of bounds, but you've played in the open, haven't you, at the end of the day? Yeah. And, you know, it, no one can ever take that away from you. And yeah. obviously it would have been great if you'd have made the cut or whatever, but it, you know, it doesn't matter. You've played the open. It felt and... like I could almost put my golfing career to bed. Yeah. Like, 
want to play that because it was just I've played a major and it's I've played a major the number one that I wanted to play. Yeah, if you get what I mean. So it is a nice ending. That yeah, was, that was, just, that was that. just one song, and it felt like the end of an era. What really. do they call it when like an act comes back out and does like a an encore? Yeah, that was like your encore, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, really. And I just it was nice to just go if I, if I want to, I can get back out there and do it. But like I said, it come, all comes back down to. It's a three-year plan to get back to where I want to be. And I didn't want to do that so late in life. God, that's crazy. Not, not saying that I'm old, but it was just old enough that I don't want to do that now. Am I right in saying, even though you missed the cut, do you make any money? Yeah, you get like, appearance money. I can't remember how much it was. It was about €5,000. Right. So everybody that didn't make the cut gets five grand yeah, euros. Yeah, everyone gets five grand. But Like, were you out of profit that week? Were you, did you, no, did, I made a lot of profit. You made a lot of money yeah, because like, of sponsors and things like that. Yeah. Do you, do you ever, like, and it sounds like a daft question because I'm sure you, like, do you regret it at all? Getting into it? Yeah. No, not at all. Because, like, like I say, it was like childhood yeah, like, yeah. memory. Would like, you ever do it again? Would you do open qualifying again? Yeah, I'm going to have a, well, I did it the year after and I finished, like, 14th. So I didn't embarrass myself, but I took the same approach. Like, I'm not going to play any golf. So a lesson to everybody listening, <laughs> play less. Play less, achieve Have lessons of James Robinson, but then don't practice, and then don't play, and then just play occasionally. Yeah, imagine if one of your lessons said, I've not had a chance to practice this week. You'd be like, you can't give them crap, you can't tell no. them off. You're going to be better then. <laughs> what, are we on there? I, I just, we are, we, I don't know, I've lost track. Total, we're on two hours, yeah. 50, 45. Um, I feel like there was a, a few other things I just wanted to touch on. The only question we had, another one, we had loads of questions on, on Facebook. And I said, thankfully, we've, we've covered the vast majority in that kind of story, which I thought we would do. Um, we did say at the start of the last, last podcast, if people want to obviously follow you on social media to keep up with your story, and who knows, next year or this year, you might, might be in the open again, but it's at James Robbo Golf, and that's James Robbo, R-O-B-B-O, Golf. Uh, one of the questions we had um, was from Jamie Livingston. Why is he not coaching on YouTube? So why, why, or will you ever make an appearance on in the world of YouTube as well? Is that not something that massively floats your boat? Um, just never really done it. Really. What, what never... do you think of YouTube golf pros? Well, how many how many golf lessons do I give where someone comes in and says? I've watched Rick Shields on YouTube. <laughs> and I'm hitting it terrible. But, no, Hence but, why I'm here. <laughs> but sometimes it's um, it's not specific enough to the person, is it? Like no. they, they, Sometimes people don't know what's wrong with them. Like, Well, as I always kind of describe it, is that you know, certainly videos online that I, I try and make, it's it's like a, an aspirin or a, a pain relief yep. for something. It's not, it's not a really tailored prescription yep. to help you get over a very specific illness in your yeah, golf swing. Exactly. So I, I can give a bit of a bit of help and a band aid and you know and a lot of that will work definitely. But really to get down into deep into a technical issue you've got to have in person lessons. Yeah. I have always vouched for that and I, I wouldn't change my mind on that. Yeah. Um I think the difference as well is with that that and obviously like you said some people do both, they'll watch Rick and then come and actually have a real lesson. But I think the vast majority of the audience that watch coaching videos online are people that would never go, they might live nowhere near a facility or they might never have and they might not be able to afford to, they might not want to be one on one with someone that'd be embarrassed, whatever a million different reasons. So it's almost like obviously it's always better probably to see someone in person, but a lot of people just can't yeah. or won't or yeah. don't want to. Like it obviously costs money to um go and have a lesson. Some people mm. might not be able to do that. Mm. 
Last thing then, before note. we wrap this up then, two last things. Weird one I just thought of. Don't know why I'm asking you this question, but I'm going to. If you had a handicap now, what would it be, do you reckon? I know you're not playing a great deal, but what would you... Do you Good go out question. and be a plus five handicap today, do you think? Or what would you feel comfortable Ra- playing? Round now? which course? Round St. Anne's Old Links. Oh, plus five. H- happily. You, now? Plus, maybe plus four, plus five. That's interesting. Round then. that one course. And then... I know it like the back of my hand, like it's... I've shot some scary numbers round there before. No, that's fair. And then the other question would Have be... Have course record there or not? Um, no. It was, it was tied. So, I, well, I wasn't the first to do it, but it was it was tied at, at the f- second stage of the... F- oh, wow. But I shot, uh, I shot a 10 under round there, playing with Dan Webster off the back tees. Wow. Nice. Miss a tiddler on 17 as well for 11 under. And then the last question was, obviously, it looks like competitive golf bar, the open qual every year. You're not going to be too fussed on, but are you going to still keep the clubs clean and going out there and playing occasionally through the summer months or is it not something you're too fussed on well going off the pj it looks like i'm gonna have to go full-time golf for a while <laughs> um packing my job um but I, I would i would like to play definitely and i, I want to keep like a, a bit of like sharpness in my mm. game because i've got a little boy now and certainly want to train him up to be world number one not going to be a pushy parent but He's got a good start, hasn't he? His dad's played the Open. Exactly. So we'll give it, give it a good go. How old is he now? He's 19 months. And he can hit it. It's it fairly good. I looked on your Instagram the other day, on Facebook, actually, when I was kind of prepping for this, and I saw some videos of him, and he does. Little, yeah. little plastic clubs. He's, he's got left left below right, and I don't want to be too pushy changing his grip, but he rips it. That's class. Yeah, my little boy is uh, two and a half, and uh, uh, game on. Game on. First to beat 81. <laughs> Round fairy. We'll do a dads versus lads. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be mid. Well, James, honestly, you've been a pleasure today, and I, I can't believe we spoke here for three hours on a bloody podcast. My hands day. hurting from holding this mm. mic. Uh, for everyone <laughs> listening, hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully you enjoyed the bonus episode. Like I say, if you want to see it being filmed on the second channel, do. Uh, uh, Matt and Tim have done an amazing job filming it today, so do jump over to the second channel and give it a watch. Cause I think it'll be a, a, it'll give you the right sense of emotion, mm. and, yeah. and you know, and. Uh, it's perfect. So, James, make sure you follow him. Uh, thanks, Guy, for all your prepping and getting this guest on. I think he's been amazing. And uh, we hope to see where you either golf or coach or whatever leads to in the future. Thanks very much, guys. Really enjoyed it. Top man. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market hey it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 